0: bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Have you ever had That story, you know, like that one story that you think that you could just top anybody else in regards to like what their gay walk of shame story might be. Like you think yours is the best, the most awkward, the most are you fucking kidding me that actually happened moment. Like, do you have one of those stories? Well, I could almost rest assured and really would be willing to put money on the fact that what you're about to hear will pretty much top anything that you could ever consider to be a gay walk of shame story. Yeah, mine, they're that fucking epic. pounding in my head, suddenly woke me. I struggled to open my eyes, which were resisting my brain's direction due to the shine of the morning sunrise light that was piercing the room. I realized in that moment that I was experiencing up to this point in my life, the most intense hangover ever. My entire body ached, and as my eyes slowly opened and explored the slow spinning room, I quickly realized that my surroundings were far beyond unfamiliar. I squinted my eyes to the crippling blindness of the light shining through the uncurtained windows. I tried to access the memory of the night prior, hoping to search for anything that would seem just at least a little bit familiar in my memory of how I ended up in these unrecognizable surroundings. And just as I began to try to play back the fuzzy night and see if I could even come to any sort of remnants as to how I ended up in this moment, a sudden shuffle pushed against my body, and I gasped as I turned to my right. There was an undefined naked man next to me, rolling over in his seemingly continued deep sleep. Oh, my God. What the fuck happened last night? I I don't know. Who this is? Where am I? This is so crazy. What the hell? How did I get here? What's going on? As I shifted my body away from the now-snoring, no-named hot Hispanic guy, it was in that moment that I realized that it was that moment of horror that I'm sure that we've all experienced at least once, if not more, in our lives. When you wake up, roll over to a hounding alcohol-induced headache and try to recap the night. But most of it's blank and the shame of uncertainty begins to seep into your somewhat foggy memory. The dreaded line of self-questioning finally begins. You start checking off everything that happened the night before, hoping to connect the dots and put the night back together. And as you put those dots back together, you realize that you still don't remember how you got here. You still don't remember what the fuck happened last night and you still have no clue who this hot Hispanic guy laying naked beside you snoring is at all whatsoever. You have no recollection of any of it at all. It's all blank. I reached down under the dirty looking worn out and torn tacky quilt and grabbed my dick. Oh God, yep, I'm naked. So I guess I did have sex last night. wish I could have remembered, but on second thought, maybe that's why my asshole feels a little weird in the way that it does in this moment. As I began to scan the room, hoping to find more clues about where I was, who this no named hot Hispanic guy was, and what I did in last night's blacked out and messy state of mind, I was what I looked over to my left and saw a trashy, small cracker box apartment, which kind of reminisced the vibe of a very tiny dorm room. And it seemed to be a tiny one bedroom studio. And whoever this no named hot Hispanic guy was that's laying right beside me here in this moment, it didn't really seem that cleaning or decorative taste was his forte. As I looked down, I realized that I was on a twin-sized mattress with no frame on the floor. There were no sheets on the mattress, and the room smelled like sex and unwashed laundry. I looked over to my left and saw a dirty, dingy lawnmower with stained, old, dried grass along the wheels. And yes, you heard that correct. There was a lawnmower inside. This no-name hot Hispanic guy's apartment. Uh, On the other side of the room, there was what looked like an elliptical from the 1980s that seemed to be used not for exercise, but instead as a place to drape all of those dirty clothes that I think I was currently smelling in this moment. The dishes were piled up in the sink as if they hadn't been touched in months, and an undetermined amount of fruit flies danced atop this said pile of dishes. And speaking of fruit flies, the trash can was overflowing with various takeout boxes lined with dry sauces and food particles, along with a full bag of trash tied up and laying next to the can on the floor. Where the fuck am I? I, I, I don't understand what's going on. I, I feel a little dirty, a little disgusting. And as I looked over at the no-named hot Hispanic guy and he continued to snore, I realized that he was actually a very attractive no-named hot Hispanic guy with a beautiful body. He seemed to be in his late 20s to early 30s and was extremely fit. Like, a little too fit. Like, damn, how the fuck did this guy actually want to take me, of all people, home? He is so far beyond out of my league. The answer to that question was clear as I continued to look around his questionable apartment. As I resumed the <laughs> structure of his muscular and light brown naked and hairless smooth body with perfect Speedo tan lines, it was really obvious that he was clearly into working out obsessively, but had little to no desire to like clean up this clusterfuck of filth and fuckery that lined every square inch of, of this tiny rundown apartment and as i continued to scan his semi-immaculate model-esque form i noticed a cum-filled condom still attached to his impressively enormous vimp package okay so i guess i did have sex with this guy last night so you guys i grabbed all of my clothes i quietly dressed myself i looked around in complete horror and shock once again, and I excused myself out of that no-name hot Hispanic guy's house, never to see him ever again. So do you guys want to know what happens next? So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill, and let's dip deep within those Gay Walk of Shame archives and find out all of my most epic stories of all time here on My Gay Exposé Podcast. You're now listening to My Gay Exposé Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head, while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ community activist, self-proclaimed messy, loud-mouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Bopper sommelier, porn star fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is my gay expose podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really is so used to doing that gay walk of shame that it's just become second nature. My Gay Exposé Podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means to actually have so many gay walk of shame stories deep within your archives that you can create an entire expose full length to share some of those most epic and iconic Gay Walk of Shame stories of all time. That's right, folks. Just in case you are somehow not in the know or, you know, just live under a rock or maybe just new to the show, I am currently working on my very first book entitled Gay Walk of Shame. And actually, as a matter of fact, what you just heard in that opening introduction That was actually the first couple of paragraphs of the very first chapter of the book itself. Surprise! (laughs) So when I said, are you ready to find out what happens next? Well, guess what happens next? After that moment that I described in graphic detail, that is when I did that most horrific, painful, and just, miserable gay walk of shame of all time. And I actually was in the financial district and my phone was dead. I couldn't find my wallet. I was so hung over, I could barely walk. And I literally had to walk about an hour and a half home to the Castro district of San Francisco. And if you're a San Franciscan, you know, that is a very long walk, <laughs> a very long gay walk of shame. So you guys, listen, because I'm making a book out of some of the most iconic Gay Walk of Shame stories from deep within the archives, some of which were graced in the Gay Walk of Shame blog of 2017, some of which I've actually brought up on this show pretty frequently, I just, you know, let's throw it all together. Let's put it all so that you can actually have access to some of my most epic stories of all time. So because of this little switch in the vibe of the episode this week no re-expose and no your gay expose this week let's just get into the juicy shit and sit back and listen to all of my most iconic gay walk of shame stories of all time So, this first story I'd like to call Was It Good Sex or Was It Bad Sex? <laughs> so, this was years and years ago. So, let me paint this picture for you. It's, you know, shit that you've probably heard on this show so often. It was a very messy night of drinking out with Kahoi at the gay bars, and I was so fucking drunk horny as I was trying to kind of stumble home and of course I whipped open my phone and looked for the very first person who would really pay me any sort of attention on Grinder, and I think the goal was just to go home with someone and just fuck because I was so I was just in the mood I was ready I just needed sex I was all in and I was so fucking drunk I think that pretty much just about anybody would do in that moment. (laughs) I mean, we've all been there, right? (laughs) So I actually got hit on by this hot jock top that I had been eyeing on my grinder grid for weeks. And literally, like, so far out of my league, you guys, like, I just couldn't understand why this guy was actually telling me to come over and have sex with him. I didn't really know what was going on, but I was all in. He lived close to my house. I was perfect. I was heading in that direction. It it, it just, all the boxes were checking in the right ways. So when I showed up to his house, he actually answered his door in nothing but a jockstrap. And he was so fucking hot, you guys. And listen, I know that I was like really, really fucking drunk, but I could see with my own two drunk eyes that this guy was so fucking hot. The sex started. We started fooling around, foreplay. I think I was blowing him. He started eating my ass out a little bit, blah, 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 et cetera. But as we started fucking you guys, I, I will never forget it as long as I live, I felt like a goddamn porn star. Like I was screaming. I was riding him while he laid on his back and I just... I just envisioned myself in the most epic fucking porn of all time. And I remember doing my gay walk of shame home from this specific scenario thinking to myself, wow, I never expected somebody who was so fucking hot to also be so amazing in bed. It was just picture perfect, like far too good to be true. Well, you guys, I'm here to tell you The story's not over yet. In fact, it was far too good to be true because like three weeks later, I was 100% sober at home. I think I was kind of working on a writing deadline or some shit like that. And this guy hit me up again for a second fuck session. And it was like literally, it was around noon. It was the middle of the day. It was like a Tuesday, like no alcohol involved. And I was just horny enough and just ready to get away from the computer that I just jumped in the shower and started my way to his house once again. But to my complete and total shock, you guys, for whatever reason, it's just the sex was like not good. Like he he was like moving in like a robotic formation. It just, it was absolutely the far opposite of everything that I remembered from that night a few weeks before. And I just walked away After he came, and I remember doing that gay walk of shame home in that moment in broad daylight thinking to myself, what the fuck just happened? That guy was such a hot fuck before. Like, why was this one of the most awkward sexual encounters that I ever had? And then I realized, holy fuck, was I so drunk that first time that I just didn't see that the sex was probably bad then too. And now I just had round two and it was probably the exact same, but because I was so wasted, I actually thought the sex was mind blowing. Like, is this for real? So you guys, I had to put this to the test. So like a week later, I, another messy night of drinking out at the gay bars with gahoy and I went over to that guy's house again. And again, the sex was just mind blowing, mind blowing. I did that gay walk of shame that third time, just so perplexed and confused and just not understanding what the situation was. It turns out that it it would seem that drunk sex with this guy was really good. But when I was sober, the sex was not. So I put it to the test another time, sober, hoping to like break the tie or come to some sort of a conclusion, what the fuck ever. But alas, in that sober sex session for the fourth time. He was just like the other sober session. He was awkward. He was robotic. He didn't have any rhythm. There was no motion in the ocean. It was just, I just wanted to get it over with and get out of there. And I was just so beyond confused. (sighs) Yeah. So there's real no ending to this story. I just really fervently believe that in this specific scenario, the drunk sex was just far better than the sober sex. And was the sex when I was drunk, the same as when I was sober or vice versa? Well, I may never know. One time I wanted to hook up with this guy at random who like full on insisted that he was really into like car play. So in other words, he just wanted to like park his car and he wanted to fool around in the back seat. And I was like, I mean, we're adults, right? Like we're not in high school. We can ju- You can just come over to my house We can fuck, but like, I I supposedly this was like his fetish. I I don't really know, but he was like ever so insistent. And I had been drinking that night. So I was like, what the fuck? Why not? Let's just, let's just do it. So I ended up meeting him just a couple blocks away, actually, from where I lived. And we did just that. And so literally, I remember we just started going at it. Clothes started coming off in the backseat of his car. It was nighttime. And it was, I want to say it was like a Thursday, but it was probably like around 9 p.m. ish, give or take. And, you know, this specific area that he had parked didn't have a whole hell of a lot of foot traffic, but people could potentially walk either way on either side of the street at any moment. But, I mean, the likelihood of it happening were far slimmer. So, as the clothes continue to come off and we find ourselves in a, like, 69 position just completely I think he was eating my ass and I was blowing his dick the next thing I know is this girl opens the backseat door and proceeds to get in looks at us drops her jaw and says oh shit I'm so sorry I thought this was my uber (laughs) so we're full-blown naked like he's eating my ass I'm sucking his dick in the backseat of her car or the guy's car, sorry. And this girl just absolutely thought it was her fucking Uber. And just, can you imagine that poor girl opening that door and seeing what she just saw that moment? <laughs> <laughs> this next one, you guys, got a little fucking crazy. But like, this is the kind of shit, by the way, that just randomly fucking happens to me. Hands down, guaranteed, no matter what. Like, I find myself in these... Fucking awkward ass scenarios on a fucking regular basis, but let's just cut to the story. So, this story I call the crazy psycho stalker serial killer, (laughs) and he's really not a serial killer, but you'll figure all that out as the story maneuvers along. So, it was just a random grinder hookup, and I think it was again another messy night of drinking out at the gay bars with Cahoy, and you know he was a cute guy. I was drunk. I was horny. He was asking me over and I was ready for a fuck. So I showed up to his house, beautiful apartment. He seemed pretty cute, pretty nice. He wanted to sit on the couch with a couple of cocktails before we segued into the bedroom, which was fine. And, you know, he seemed like a lot of fun. Things were going really well. And we began to make out profusely on his couch in that moment. And so he, you know, after some intense and heavy making out, he finally stood to his feet and said, let's go to the bedroom. But you guys, I will never forget what I saw next as long as I fucking live. And even to this day, I still can't believe that this shit was actually real. As we walked into his room, he flipped the light switch on and I swear to God, you guys, every single square inch of this guy's wall on every part of every wall in the entire room. Like there was no wall portion showing at all whatsoever. It was just covered with magazine cutouts of none other than Britney Spears. That's right, folks. Literally, Britney Spears just lined all over every fucking square inch of that goddamn bedroom. And my jaw literally just dropped to floor. The weird part about this story is he didn't say not one word to explain the craziness that I like saw right before my very eyes in that moment. And I will say this, we did have sex. But you guys, I was so fucking distracted as I laid on my back and he fucked me and I looked around the fucking room looking at every single variation and photo of Britney that you could ever possibly imagine lined on this guy's wall is that I definitely just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And that gay walk of shame home that night was one of the craziest and one of the most confusing of the entire gay walk of shame archives. (laughs) So this next one started off with a date. This one was, I want to say like six years ago, maybe five, I don't know. But it was a really cute guy, really attractive Asian boy. He seemed really into sports. I was really feeling him. Our chat conversations back and forth, I was. it was amazing. Everything just seemed probably just a little too good to be true. And you know, we went out on a dinner date and it was like a seafood spot, which uh, I'm totally fine. But I knew that we were probably gonna have sex after the date, so I ordered a salad on purpose But the guy proceeded to order as follows. First of all, he ordered fish and chips on a first date. I'm going to say that one more time. He ordered fish and chips on a first date. Now, there are so many different things that are wrong with that sentence in itself. Because first of all, we're gay men. And second of all, you're eating some of the worst smelly food Of all time on a first date. Because if we're going to go back to your place and fuck. You're eating fish. Like what the fuck. But the worst part about the fact that he ordered the fish and chips. Was the fact that as an appetizer. I swear to God you guys. He ordered onion rings. And I will say this. While I did go home with him. And while we did have sex. As we made out. All I could taste was fish and chips. And fucking Onion rings and like malt vinegar, and it was just the biggest fucking awkward ass turnoff of all time. So if you go out on a date with a guy and you plan on having sex with him after, do not order fish and chips and onion rings. And I can't believe that I even have to tell anybody that that's a thing that you should just never do. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I've talked about this one a few times on the show specifically, but. I started dating this guy, I want to say, this was like maybe two years before the pandemic hit. So probably around like 2018-ish, give or take. And, you know, things were going really fucking well. We were getting pretty serious. We'd been on several dates. We didn't have sex right away. You know, we were feeling each other out and really kind of getting to know each other. But as we, you know, continued to sort of go out on like random dates and like, You know, he took me to, like, a park picnic one day. Like, he was really good at planning out these really elaborately thought-through dates. And I just was, like, loving it. But I started to realize that as we began to, like, get to know each other, I kind of sort of felt like I was doing all the talking. Like, I was constantly talking about myself and me and what I was all about. And every time I asked him a direct question about himself... He would always just kind of like give me like a couple word answer or just sort of change the subject or sort of turn the conversation back to me. And it just all began to be a little bit abnormally noticeable. And so I began to kind of wonder, like, it sort of felt like he just didn't really ever want to talk about himself at all. I did know that he was in real estate and that he was currently showing some really expensive ass properties in the city. So one day we finally like had a few glasses of wine with dinner. I think we were both a little tipsy and he invited me back to his place to finally have sex. And we did just that. You guys, I didn't think anything through when I went to his house. We literally got there. I was pretty, pretty drunk. I I have to say we went to the bedroom. We had really hot sex Uh, He had to be up super early in the morning, so I didn't want to stay the night. So I just, on that note, got up, got my shit, said goodbye, and then proceeded to do my gay walk of shame home from his house that day. And you guys, listen, we continued to go on dates, text back and forth, just really started to try to, like, get to that next space of what it means to actually date. But then, as we got to know each other more, the... It was getting on my nerves like he would never tell me anything about him. I I realized I didn't really even know anything about him. What I realized, you guys, and you're never going to believe this shit. And I, a friend helped me discover this. But it turns out that after doing a little bit of social media stalking, this guy, not only was he in real estate, but he was also, wait for it, a pastor. That's right, folks. You didn't hear wrong. I said it. The pastor of a fucking Christian church. And he was playing a role as a gay man. And now I fully understood that why he was not telling me anything, why he wouldn't tell me anything, and why he only talked about the real estate side of his life and not the pastor side of his life because he was trying to hide that shit from me. The worst part about this story was after I figured everything out, it turns out. But not only was that not his house that we had sex in, it was like a house that he was showing. So it was like on the fucking market. It wasn't even a house anybody was living in. That's where he took me to have sex. Yes, (laughs) I couldn't believe it either. But not only that, but he actually had a wife and really young kids. And I just completely fucking ghosted that bitch and never saw or heard from him Blocked his ass, all of it. I just could not believe that I had been duped by this fucking fake ass pastor who, uh, well, I mean, need I say more? <laughs> the, by the way, this is for real. Like, this is again, once again, the type of shit that happens to me in my life. Because when it seems just a little too good to be true, well, that's when it's actually too good to be true. <laughs> This one I know I've talked about on the show before, but I'm going to bring it up once again because it is one of those classic and epic stories that I just tuck deep within the Gay Walk of Shame archives. And it actually took place at my house one year. It was just a random situation where my son was visiting me and was staying with me in my home. Oh God, he was so much younger. I want to say he was probably fuck, if I had to guess, 12 is what I want to say, 11 or 12, something like that. But in this time frame, my son was very into video games. So when he stayed with me in my apartment, it was really sort of hard to pull him away from my room because all he wanted to do was sit on my bed and play video games. Like if I let him do that all day long for the entire week that he stayed with me, he probably would. And on this Thanksgiving night, It was just me, my roommate, my son, and then my roommate's close, close friend that just so happened to be in town joined us for that Thanksgiving day. So my, you know, my roommate made a little turkey. He made, you know, side dishes. We got a bunch of wine. We all had dinner together, the four of us. And then as my son excused himself to my bedroom to continue his video game banter, it became very clear that the roommate's friend was really hitting on me. And I could tell he wanted to fuck around. But we didn't want my roommate to be there. So in that moment, we both proceeded to convince my roommate that we just, we needed him to go get some more wine because we all wanted more wine. But I think we both deep down really knew that the second that my roommate went out that door to go get wine, that we were just full on gonna fuck. And you guys, that we did. In fact, (laughs) as much as... I know you guys are gonna come for me after this fucking story. The the way that the story goes was that my room literally sits right next to the living room. So there's just one wall that separates my room from the living room and the couch that we were sitting on was right up against that wall that's right up against my room. And the guy literally stripped my clothes off, pushed me over the couch arm and fucked me from behind And I literally was biting on the pillow the entire fucking time. And my son, you guys, could have come out of that room at any moment and caught us red-handed. And thankfully, that's not how it went down. But I definitely had a hot Thanksgiving fuck while my son was literally one wall away. And you guys, I would do that shit all over again if I had the opportunity. (laughs) All right, you guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. and it makes. Things start happening. I I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. So this is an actual classic story and one that will be deep within the detailed pages of Gay Walk of Shame, you know, when the book comes out. But okay, so basically this is the night before that opening little story that I did at the very beginning, you know, where I woke up at that like guy's trashy apartment. It was just like the beautiful hot guy. So this is actually the interactions that I had with this guy that I actually put two and two together later but could not remember in that moment. But you know how like when you're really fucked up and hung over, sometimes that shit comes back to you like days later. It was definitely very that. And so I took most of the information to the best of my abilities and wrote them down in book form. But let me just really explain what I did with this guy the night I met him and ultimately ended up going home with him And waking up in his trashy ass nasty apartment, not knowing anything about where I was, what happened the night before, all of it. And then, you know, ultimately doing my most humiliating and painful, miserable gay walk of shame of all time. But it was very much that moment where I was hanging out with my friend Walter and this stupid bitch is such a bad influence. And we did a few lines of blow before going out to the bars. And so I was fucking high as a kite. And you guys, listen. I try really hard to stay away from cocaine because when I do any remnants of cocaine, I am literally on a mission to fuck absolutely anything that like looks at me sideways. Like I literally will have sex with anything, anyone, anytime, anywhere. It's very that. So that being said, we did several shots throughout multiple bars and then ended at the Q bar, which as a side note, the Q bar has been out of commission since before the pandemic. I think they had like a really fucked up fire and there were rumors that they were going to reopen, but then, you know, the pandemic happened and they just never did. And, you know, now that we're like completely segwaying out of this whole pandemic time frame, they actually just recently announced that they plan on being open in spring of this year. So we'll see how that shit plays itself out. But in this specific bar, there were two restrooms, one of which, was like a toilet and one of which was like that, you know, like trough style situation that you'll see at most of the San Francisco and Castro bars (laughs) and literally making you like stand right next to the other person because it's so tightly enclosed. So because some guy was like hitting on me on the dance floor who ultimately was this sad, no name, hot Hispanic guy that I ended up going home with. We ended up going into this trough style bathroom, I think because we wanted to get in the stall so that we could fuck, but like we were so fucked up that I realized we were in the wrong bathroom. So my dumb ass decided that I was just, I didn't give a fuck. I was gonna blow him right then and there. And you guys, I did just that. I got on my knees, I unzipped his pants, whipped out his dick, and I literally put my foot against the door that so that nobody could get in because you couldn't lock it. And I started sucking his dick. Well, it was literally only a matter of moments before the bartender like broke the door down and like physically grabbed me and the guy. And like, he literally like carried me out, you guys. It was like the most dramatic exit of all time. And I remember I was, we were just getting kicked out of the bar and it was packed and it was full and everybody was looking at us and, and we just were kicked out. So what do you do next? So we call an Uber and again, there's, you know, cocaine and booze running through my blood. Vessels, and so I am just still in party mode. It, it, you guys, it was back in the day when you know Uber, it was pre pandemic, so it was like when Uber used to do the like shared rides where like you could share with another individual, and the cost usually was a little bit cheaper. So it was one of those situations. And so when the car pulled up, there was already somebody in the front passenger seat. So we get into the back together, and literally, you guys. And I only know this because I saw my email map receipt from the Uber trip that day. Like, it was like four blocks before we were kicked out because I just proceeded to blow him in the backseat of the car again. And I do have flashes of that guy in the passenger seat looking back in complete shock and horror. And yeah, so basically, before we ended up at his dirty ass apartment and had sex, we were kicked out of a bar and an Uber together. So there's that. (laughs) So I wrote about this one in my old blog that is no longer in existence, but it was a crazy situation where I had met this guy from, I think it was like Singapore on Jacked. And it just so happens that he was in San Francisco because he's a flight attendant, of course. And it just, I don't know, you guys, in this time frame, I was significantly younger, but like, you know, I was in this first moments of like, I just was so tired of being a slut and just banging every single fucking dick that dropped their pants for me. That I was just looking for that next thing. that something more like dating. Like I wanted love. Like I was just looking for anyone that would like remotely give me any remnants of that happily ever after. And so this guy was literally showing me that type of attention, even though he was across the fucking world. We were literally things were going so well. I I was just feeling it. It was great. We got to know each other. We exchanged numbers. We text each other every morning and text each other every night. We FaceTimed. We did all of it. It was just going so well. So one night after a very random messy night of drinking out at the gay bars with Kahoy, I ended up going over to this guy's place to have sex. Not Not the guy that I'm talking to, but just another random guy, just for the record. And so supposedly i didn 't realize this till the next morning, but I, when I did my gay walk shame home from that guy 's house that night, the next morning, I woke up and found that when I looked in the mirror, I had the biggest giant, hugest, ugliest, brownest hickeys all over my neck, you guys all over my neck, and I was just absolutely fucking mortified. I had no clue this guy was like even biting on my neck it was just, it It was like hard to hide. I didn't know what to do. And, and in this time frame, I was working at kind of a nice, like white linen fancy restaurant. So like literally like putting my white collar all the way to the top button would not even completely cover these hickeys that were just fucking all over my neck. So on this same day that I discovered the hickeys, it just so happens that this guy that I had been chatting with that lived in Singapore after a couple of months of us getting to know each other was randomly visiting San Francisco. And so I was just like, he wanted to hang out. He said he would dedicate two days for me. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. I was told that I needed to plan a day. It was everything I was expecting. I was couldn't wait to actually finally physically hang out with him in person. But wait, I have these massive, disgusting, ugly hickeys all over my neck and he's gonna be here in literally less than a week. So you guys, what I did was I did some research on how to get rid of hickeys. And you know, I tried all the tricks. I tried the lipstick tube cap. I tried the frozen spoon from the freezer. I tried makeup. I I tried I'd cover up all of it. I tried all of it. None of it worked. So I didn't know what to do because like literally I had to spend this time with this guy And I didn't want him to see these nasty ass hickeys all over my fucking neck. So I I found some article that basically posed the idea that if you take an excessive amount of vitamin C, that it it creates a moment where the, the hickeys actually heal significantly faster. So you guys, when I tell you I pounded so much vitamin C over the course of the next like five plus days... To a place where I literally, everything that came out of my ass was just straight liquid diarrhea. Like, that's how much vitamin C I was consuming because I just had to get rid of that fucking nasty ass hickey marks all over my face. Like, I had to. So, as we got to, like, the night before, literally, you guys, I had taken so much vitamin C that the hickeys had just faded just enough. That if the light hit me in a certain way, you could probably make out that it was there but they were just almost completely gone. So I thought for sure I had, you know, made it. I had done it. I like conquered this. I was so proud of myself and I was going to enjoy the next two days with this guy. So the end of the story, ironically, is that when the guy got here, he completely fucking blew me off. So I really did all of that for like absolutely no fucking reason. And I never heard from him ever Fucking again. Can you believe it? (laughs) Again, this is just another one of those stories that only happens to Ronnie Washburn. (laughs) So, this next story is something that you should never, ever, ever, ever do if you consider yourself to be a gay man and you want to date someone. So, take notes. (laughs) And I still don't understand any of the dynamic of how this shit actually occurred. But again, I was in dating mode. I started seeing this guy. Things were going really well. And on our first real date, he had decided that we should do dinner. And so I was in. Let's do it. Let's do dinner. But you guys, the thing was, is he really wanted to go to this specific, like, Indian restaurant. Now, we all know that Indian food is absolutely the worst idea, especially if you're going to bottom, because... I mean, well, I mean, do I even have to explain? It's Indian food. There's like sauces and dairies and curries and spices and just everything that is just not what you should be eating if you want to bottom like a boss (laughs) and have a clean bill of health. That's like guaranteed that will be that dirty butt sex oopsie daisy moment. But so, okay, he wanted Indian food. I was just a little apprehensive because I assumed that we would have sex after. But you guys, I already had made it up in my mind that I would order something small, something light, and just try my very best to just kind of pick at it and see how the night played itself out. So, of course, the date was just really amazing in regards to the conversation because there was a part of the date that I still couldn't quite figure out. And that was when the guy actually ordered. And the ironic twist is that I knew he was a top I knew we were most likely going to have sex just because of the dynamic of our relationship and how we were interacting with one another. But I think that he knew it too. So when I tell you guys that he legitimately ordered, like, the entire fucking goddamn menu, like, to a place where there was so much food covering the table that, like, there was almost no room for, like, our individual plates. I mean, it was crazy. I just... He just kept ordering and kept ordering and kept ordering. And I was just shocked. And I, I couldn't believe. And then, you know, when it came time to eat, like he literally started piling a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that all over his plate. And I was just, my eyes were just like bugged out of my head. Like I could not believe what was fucking happening. So you guys, listen, I was shocked and I didn't understand, but I just continued to sort of pick at my little like, Salad thing that I had ordered and uh, just continued on with the conversation. And of course, the conversation went well. And thankfully, there was alcohol involved. So I was able to get through the date at least somewhat. And you guys better rest assured that, like, that bitch packed like 80% of that food up in like bags and bags of to-go boxes. And we, as we walked to his apartment after that date to have sex, I literally clinched his bed as he banged me from behind and prayed to fucking God that it would not be that dirty butt sex oopsie daisy moment. I was so terrified because he had sort of forced me to try this and try that and take a bite of this and take a bite of that. And we all know that could have been a disastrous outcome. But fortunately, thankfully, this was one of those moments where it actually was not a dirty butt sex, oopsie-daisy oopsie moment. But I'm telling you, it was a mindfuck all the way to that guy's fucking bedroom. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> as I've stated in the past on this show, I have just recently, like just a few months, have been introduced to the Hinge app, otherwise known as, like, really it's not a hookup app and you really just do want to take dating a little bit more like seriously so the very first guy that i actually met up with in person from this hinge app you guys just seemed again way too good to be true he was really fucking cute he had such a fun personality we ended up our doing our first meeting at a bar things were really going well we were hitting it off and we ended up segueing to like a second bar And things were just really just perfect. So in that moment at the second bar, he just, we were kind of like tucked away, like sort of at the bar towards the very end of it, like against a wall. And he just like leaned in and we just started making out profusely. And you guys, when I tell you that the making out was just, oh God, like I just, I'm picturing it right now. It was just like the chemistry was so perfect. He was such a good kisser. It was just, everything that you wanted and more. And it was just very fucking clear that we were just going to have to go back to this guy's place. And so we did just that. We called an Uber. We ended up going to his building. We get to his house. He shows me around. And it was literally just a matter of moments before all the clothes started coming off. We headed into his bedroom. And I will never forget this moment, you guys, as long as I fucking live. And once again, this is just one of those random things that just coincidentally <laughs> happens to me in my life. Well, because it's me. <laughs> so as we're sitting there and he's laying on his back and I'm on top of him and we're, we're completely naked we're just rubbing our fucking dicks together and we're just getting ready to just have the biggest, hottest fucking sexual encounter of all time. We're just continuously making out. Like we were drawn into making out so profusely because it was just such a good, like, dynamic of like kissing like he was a really good kisser I know I'm a really good kisser like it was just going so fucking well and you guys in that moment I opened my eyes because I was just they were all closed and I was just making out passionately with him and everything and as I kind of leaned up to adjust my body because we were rubbing dicks and shit and I opened my eyes I looked down at him and you guys I swear to fucking God it was like a goddamn crime scene blood Blood everywhere, all over his face, all over his pillows, everywhere. It turns out that my nose randomly just decided that it was going to start bleeding all over this guy. And I freaked the fuck out. I hopped out of his bed. I asked to use the restroom. It was just the most embarrassing fucking situation of all time. And yeah, so that's the kind of shit that happens deep within my gay walk of shame Archives, like the perfect painted picture. Nothing could ever possibly go wrong ends in that way. <laughs> so, these next two stories have to do with poop. <laughs> so, if you're eating, I would possibly suggest that you maybe take just a little bit of a break for the next couple minutes. <laughs> so, this Another random date. God, I'm like realizing that like a lot of these stories start with the fucking date and end in disaster. <laughs> like that is the full-blown underlying tone of most of these fucking stories. But again, it's just my fucking life. So this guy, totally hot. We had been chatting back and forth for a long period of time now. We ended up meeting out at a bar. We ended up having a few drinks together. We ended up going back to his place. Blah, blah, blah etc. But this guy was so cool and we had such amazing sex. It was just just incredible, awesome, everything you wanted and more and he insisted that I spent the night, which doesn't always happen in San Francisco, I have to say, but you know, we had hit it off so well that I was just so into the moment that I was just, yeah, let's let's do it. I'll spend the night. Perfect. So you guys, literally this is not a fucking exaggeration or a joke. I woke up at like, I want to say like 3.34 in the morning and I suddenly had to take a shit like I had never had to take a shit before. Like, you know, when you have those moments where your stomach starts to grumble and you realize that if you don't get to a toilet, like it's it's going to be bad news. Like you you have no choice. Like it is one of those emergency moments. You have to go fucking take a shit. So this guy lived in like this really elaborate building that had like all these lobbies and exits and I I didn't really understand how to get out swiftly. And plus, we all know that in San Francisco, especially at 330 in the morning, trying to go find anywhere to like use a restroom is basically impossible. So I just knew that the only choice that I had as much as I did not want to because of the perfect night before was to basically take a shit at this guy's house. And so I very quietly snuck into his bathroom and did my business. Now, you guys, when I say that I got up and, like, again, trying so hard to be so quiet because I don't want to wake him, I don't want him to hear anything, I don't want him to even remotely know that I'm taking a shit, like, that's the last thing I want, all of it. I fucking go to flush the toilet and to my complete and total fucking horror, the toilet wouldn't flush. That's right, folks. The toilet would not flush. I literally stood there staring at the shit in the toilet with my hands over my fucking face like that fucking kid from home alone, going, no, 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 no. This cannot be happening to me. How is this like a thing? I can't know. I like, I don't know what to do. Why? Why is this a thing? No. This is my worst fucking nightmare. So I like took the the top off the tank, hoping that if I I tinkered around with the tank in any way, shape and form, that maybe somehow I could get the toilet to flush. But I was running into no luck. It looked like there was something that was definitely wrong with his toilet. And I I couldn't figure out what it was or why or any of it. And I just continued to try to continuously flush the toilet. And I just knew that it was over, like it was done, like that perfect night before was just nothing but a fond and distant memory as far as I was concerned. Because after this, after this moment in this, like, fucked up, like, seconds of me staring at this shit in a toilet, it it was most certainly gonna be done, right? Like, there's no way that he would ever be okay with me after that emergency poop was, like, just chilling in his toilet and he had to figure out how he was gonna flush it. So I just, for one last... Final attempt, I just hit the flesh and I held it down. And as if it was an act of God, it actually did go down the toilet. Woo! Oh my God. I was so relieved. I thank God. Oh my God. Thank, thank, oh my God. I'm so thankful that could have been a disaster. That was like all the emotions were like going around in my mind. I just was so grateful, thankful. I dodged a bullet. All right, so let's get out of here. I wash my hands. I go into his bedroom, which by the way, is kind of right next to the bathroom. And I walked into him sitting up off the foot of his bed with him basically saying, did you get the toilet to flush? Sometimes it can be a challenge. It turns out, literally there was no possible way that he could not have absolutely heard every single thing that took place in that bathroom. So I wasn't scot free. I didn't like, like, dodge the bullet. He actually knew exactly what was happening in that bathroom. <laughs> and one more quick poop related, like, topic of conversation this specific gay walk of shame, well, it wasn't really a walk of shame. It was more like a gay run of shame because one year I participated in the Santa Skivvies run, which is basically an event that the AIDS life cycle. Not the AIDS life cycle. What the fuck am I saying? Sorry. The San Francisco AIDS Foundation (laughs) puts on every year around December where everybody basically gets into their Christmas themed like costumes. And really, it's just an excuse to be in your underwear and drink all day. You know, it's we do it over by the lookout. There's a little Santa's village. A lot of drag queens get involved. All the guys are in the sluttiest like underwear moments. And we do this little run, you're supposed to raise money for, you know, the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, all of it. It's just a really fun thing to do. And also, you know, support the community. So this one year, and I had done it several times in the past, I decided to wear like a buttless, like, um, it was like a red and shimmery buttless uh, jockstrap. So my butt was hanging out, basically, because, I mean, are you looking at your podcast art right before your very eyes I do have a very nice delectable juicy butt so why not show that shit off right <laughs> so some friends came over to do a little bit of pre-drinking before the event so that we you know, not have to spend too much money on alcohol throughout the festivities before the run and all that shit so They all came over to my house. We were all drinking. And I just sort of, you know, we were doing shots of vodka. And with each shot, I could kind of tell my stomach was not, like, something was off. Like, it didn't feel right. Something was unsettling. I just, I didn't really know what was going on. But as I continued to consume shot after shot after shot, basically, my stomach didn't bother me anymore. It was just, I was getting drunk. So, I, I was ignoring it. So, we get to the event. We kind of hang out, we're mingling, we're drinking, having a good time, running into friends, etc. So the second they start the actual run itself and we all line up and we start the little run route, the second I start running, you guys, my stomach was just like, oh, okay, something's not right. But I was just ignoring it. Once again, I just continued to do the run and there were so many people behind me, you guys. And suddenly in that horrific moment, as I took a step on the pavement a little fucking shard just like went out of my ass like it just snuck out like I didn't even I couldn't control it it just came out my stomach was telling me that it was time to find a fucking toilet and my stomach was not in any condition to like play any games and continue any sort of running motions at all whatsoever I just knew that I was like fuck I'm fucked a little shard came out I'm wearing buttless underwear. I don't know if the people behind me can see it. So I just, like, everybody was turning to the left in this little run line. And I just beeline straight up Castro Street to my apartment. And in between the two streets that was to my block, I was just running profusely. I was sweating. My stomach was not having it. I knew I had to make it to that toilet. It was coming. I couldn't stop it. There was no going back. And you guys, I didn't even fucking make it to my house In that in-between block, one block away from my house, I ended up having to dip into somebody's like garage that sort of was a little bit hidden away from the street, knelt down, and just took a shit on somebody's goddamn driveway because I couldn't hold it any longer. And you guys, I'm here to tell you that that little stain on that actual cement driveway, it's still kind of there even through the years and all the rainy seasons and all of it, it's still kind of there. (laughs) So once again, these are all the things that actually happened to me in my life. (laughs) And last but not least, one of the biggest and most craziest and classic stories of all time from deep within those Gay Walk of Shame archives was the first time that I went to Dory Now, you guys, listen, I know that I've talked about this shit on this show a couple times, but let me just paint this little picture for you just in case you're new to the show or haven't heard this story, Uh, but this definitely by far will be in the book. So I'll leave some of the detail out, but pretty much I just want to give you the gist of what happened. So I, before this Dory Alley event, had just so happened to be gifted by an older colleague of mine at one of the restaurants that I was working at like, a bunch of, like, really expensive, genuine leather pieces. So, in other words, like, his whole thing was, like, he's like, I'm older. I'm not going to go to any of the festivals anymore. Folsom Street Fair, Dory Alley, like, I'm done with that. Like, you're still kind of doing your party thing. So, we're, like, the same size. Why don't I just give you these pieces? And I was so, like, like thankful and grateful and overwhelmed. And they were really great. And there was a couple pieces that was, like, one like, harness situation that, like, went around my dick and then was, like, a thong up my ass. And then there was, like, a full-blown, like, leather thong, a vest. Like, there were so many different pieces that some of them I still have yet to utilize. But at any rate, this specific year, I wore nothing but a backwards ball cap, a leather thong, a leather vest, and leather boots. And that was it. Like, literally, that was all that I wore on this specific uh, Doreali event. So I'm with my roommate, which first, that was my first mistake. We had been doing blow, which that was my second mistake. And we ended up like going to the festival. And one of our friends that was in the group with us just like disappeared. So my roommate was so concerned about actually finding him. So he just knew that he would probably most likely be at the powerhouse, which is one of our Soma bars. Well, what I didn't know was that the powerhouse, by the way, as a side, nar, side, nar, side bar, side <laughs> sidebar, has the reputation of having that quote-unquote backroom to smoke. But the reality of it is, is it's not really for smoking. It's really where people just go in the back and fuck. And everybody else that's out there just either participates or watches. And so that's really what it is. But what I didn't know was that when Dory Alley takes place and Folsom Street Fair takes place, the entire powerhouse bar is that like it's a big fucking giant orgy. So we wait in line for a while, we finally get into the bar and my friend like is like okay, let's go find so and so. So I instantly get grabbed by my arm and pulled down into this giant like orgy of like all these guys that are suddenly shoving dicks in my face and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess we're doing this." So I start sucking dick after dick after dick. After dick. Now Keep in mind, you guys, in the meantime, because of my outfit, I had no pockets. So my roommate was holding my phone and my wallet, which that was mistake number three. (laughs) So in the meantime, while I'm actually in this massive, like, full-blown, full-bar, like, orgy, literally sucking dick after dick after dick after dick, and guys are putting poppers up to my nose and I just, like, I'm having, like, multiple dicks shoved in my mouth at the same fucking time. Like, it was literally, like, one of the best moments of my fucking life. (laughs) Truth be told. But in the meantime, my roommate, who, by the way, found his friend in the powerhouse, and they were, like, hanging out together and whatnot, and they decided to go up to the bar and get a couple of drinks. So my roommate decided to go to the bartender and asked for two beers. The bartender looks at him in the eye and says, "Uh uh-uh, no, and points to the bartender that's directly adjacent to him. So my roommate was obviously high drunk, a little confused, but at any rate, he just went to that suggested bartender, ordered the two beers, and went back to his friend and they consumed them. And then when he went back for round number two, he went back to the initial bartender that turned him away at that first moment. And proceeded to order two more beers, to which the bartender did the exact same thing and said, "Uh uh-uh, no. And again, pointed to the other bartender that was directly adjacent from him. So now my roommate's getting a little irritated, but still goes to the other bartender, orders the two drinks. They drink them. And he does the exact same scenario happens for a third time. So now he's pissed off. So he goes to the friend and says, hey, listen, I don't know why this bartender's not serving me but I'm like fucking irritated. Do me a favor. Go get us a round of beer and ask that bartender, the one that's turning me away and see if he serves you. So the friend agrees. The friend goes to that bartender. The friend orders the beers and the bartender gets the friend the beers. Like he didn't turn him away. Like, so now my roommate's like, what the fuck? Why will he not serve me? I don't fucking understand. So Now, keep in mind, you guys, these are like the Bud Light bottles that are like the plastic ones that you see at almost all the like, you know, Folsom Street festivals, pride events, etc. So the friend returns with the beers. My roommate grabs the beer out of his hand, puts his thumb over the top of the beer, goes up to the bartender, gets his attention. And as the bartender turns around, he shakes up the beer and pours it all over the bartender. So I don't even think I have to tell you that my roommate was like physically escorted out of the bar and completely 86 from the powerhouse completely and entirely to this very day, etc. What we later learned was that I think he was a little too drunk at the powerhouse in the past with that bartender, and that's why the bartender wouldn't serve him. But we don't really know for sure. However, in the meantime, me, completely unaware of... My roommate being kicked out of the fucking bar. I'm just enjoying my dick after dick after dick after dick after dick. So during these festivals, the bars all close kind of early. So I remember just continuously going through the orgy. Some guy at one point, he came up behind me. He snapped off my thong. He was fingering my ass. Guys were eating out my ass. Like I was sucking more dicks. Like it was just fucking hot as shit. So At one point when they started to kick everybody out, in my drunken stupor, I realize, like, oh my god, everybody's getting up and leaving, and my leather thong is just gone. Like, it's missing. Like, you guys, literally all I'm wearing is a backwards ball cap, a leather vest, and leather boots, and I'm completely naked from the waist down. And I can't find my fucking leather piece. It's nowhere to be found, so I start to panic because you guys for those of you not in the San Francisco know this specific bar is all the way in the Soma area which is a very fucking long walk back to the Castro and my roommate's gone. I can't find him. I don't have my phone. I don't have my wallet. I can't call Uber. I can't you know, pay for bus fare. I can't like I don't know what I'm going to do. So a guy at the bar, I feel like, sort, sort of like sees the like like absolute terror look on my face because I'm realizing that I'm going to have to walk home naked and pretty much walks up to me and says, Hey, uh, like you were sucking my dick earlier. Like, are you okay? Like, can I help you find your peace? Like what's going on? Like this and that and whatever. And so, you know, after about 20 minutes of like back and forth and me freaking out over the fact that I can't find my fucking leather piece... He found it, I put it on, and he graciously paid for my bus fare so that we could get to my house, at which point I handsomely rewarded him for his heroic efforts with a (laughs) blowjob. But that was like, you guys, that was like one of my horrific moments in my life where I literally sat there in that moment thinking to myself, holy fuck, I'm going to have to actually walk home completely naked. Like I have no choice. I have no other way around it. There's nothing else I could do. And thank God that guy just happened to want his dick sucked. What do we learn today, boys and girls? Ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bossy power, bottoms, gender fluid and non binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. At any rate, we learned that literally, you guys, this is the fucking story of my life. Gay Walk of Shame is the actual story of. My life and the most awkward, like weird situations, uncomfortable, just the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to you in any sort of sexual scenario. You fucking name it. I've fucking been through it, done it, all of it. It's just all deep within all of these gay walk of shame archives. So stay tuned for my upcoming book entitled Gay Walk of Shame, coming your way so very soon and I'll keep you all posted on the progress. But you know, I just want to hear from you listeners. Like what the fuck do you guys think? I would really like to know what is your most awkward gay walk of shame moment of all time by just telling me the story. Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message. Tell me all about your most infamous gay walk of shame story deep within your archives. <laughs> uh, and with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars. Follow on Spotify. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch me of each and every episode of my Gay Exposé podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing. My Gay, And don't forget to check out the official show website, mygayexposepodcast.com. And there you'll find any information you need to know about the show, including the weekly Your Gay Exposé segment question of the week. And don't forget to check out the latest piece of the My Gay Exposé podcast puzzle, Bossy Power Bottom Wear, at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn. and take a look at all of the pieces and select one for your next upcoming gay or pride event, such as Dori Alley. Or, you know, something you can cover yourself up with so that you don't have to do that naked gay walk of shame. (laughs) And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will do that naked gay walk of shame Home once again with you next time. (laughs) This week's expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions. <laughs>